0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI Podcast episode, I talk with Hella Bank Jorgensen about ESG insight and oversight and the steward of the future. Hank Jorgensen, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, John. It's a pleasure being here.
0: It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Copenhagen. I'm in Honolulu. So we have quite a time difference between us <laughs> as we're joining together today. But that's those are the wonders of technology, isn't it? It's it's amazing. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity to be with you. You have such a wonderful background. And today we're going to be talking about... ESG insight and oversight, and the steward of the future. The steward of the future piece is based on your recent book, "Steward of the Future: A Guide for Competent Boards." So we'll be talking about your book, uh, and of course, we want to get into uh, ESGs and really talk more about what organizational leaders and, in in this case, particularly boards, can do uh, along those lines to help with. Uh, those sorts of goals and responsibilities within organizations. As we get started, I wanted to share Hella's bio with everybody. Hella Bank Jorgensen is the CEO of Competent Boards, which offers the Global Online Climate and ESG Competent Board Certificate programs with a faculty of over 100 renowned international board members, executives, and experts. She has a 30 year track record in turning environment, social governance, climate and sustainability risks into innovative and profitable business opportunities. She works with many global Fortune 500 board members and executives, as well as smaller companies and investors. In 2021, she was chosen by the World Economic Forum as an expert for corporate governance, leadership, and emerging multinationals. In 2020, she was awarded the Global Impact Award and named one of five people in ESGs to look for. Ms. Bank Jorgensen is the author of the newly published book, Stewards of the Future, A Guide for Competent Boards. What a fantastic background. It's a pleasure to be with you. Anything else you would like to share with listeners before we really dive on into the conversation?
1: There's one thing that I'm very proud of, and that is that Stewards of the Future, the book, is now an Amazon bestseller in, in the category of uh, corporate governance, um, so I'm very pleased with that. And apart and from that, thank you for getting up so early in the morning. <laughs> morning. And, and the, the fun thing here is that both of us were supposed to be, I guess, in the same time zone in, in North America. And now I'm in Europe and you, I guess, <laughs> but, but Hawaii, so um, here we are in 2D.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it was fun getting to to know you a little bit and chatting in the pre-interview. And it is funny. Yeah. Getting stuck in Honolulu, um, there are worse things, uh, but we, we were both joining each other from our hotel rooms <laughs> in our respective locations, not where we planned on being today when we uh, originally set out to record. So uh, yeah, thank you for your flexibility. And I'm just super excited to really dive on in. Uh, so, let, why don't you start by just framing out the book? Now, obviously, your whole organization, competent boards, uh, is focused around this area. But why did you title it "Stewards of the Future"? And what do you see as some of the main attributes of stewards of the future in organizations?
1: Thanks so much for that. So. I started companies and Boards, so the company where we educate board of directors and executives, business professionals, investors, because I saw that we had this lack of the inside, the foresight in the boardrooms and perhaps also all other places to really make sure that we were getting the best value based on values out of all of these companies. And that was back in 2018. I started in 2019. We kickstarted this competent boards movement, actually in Europe, uh, during the World Economic Forum in Davos. And John, I can tell you, there was not that many leaders at that point that thought that this was something that should be top of mind. That was something, yeah, of course, companies should, should do all of these, the right thing to do. But... Fewer really saw that this was something that should be on the board agenda. Stewards of the future. What we talk about a lot in you know every time is like stewardship. And you can look at stewardship as stewardship of your money, right? Stewardship of the land, stewardship of other matters, water, etc. I wanted to see us. As leaders, and yes, competent boards, so board of directors, but it goes for you and me as well. It goes for all of us. How can we be stewards of the future? How can we, every time we make decision, think about what's the impact of that decision? And therefore, make sure that we are informed to make those informed decisions that we do every single time. And from a leadership perspective, I think it's more urgent now than ever. I couldn't help thinking back, you know, if we go back to 2019, we had not heard about COVID. We, we did have a bit of a mental health pandemic at that point as well, but that had only gotten worse. And now we unfortunately have a war on the hand as well. So we have now the great um, resignation or reshuffling, depending on how you want to look at it. And now we have inflation and everything else. So if we as leaders, if we as board of directors, as we as investors, as we as human beings, do not see ourselves as stewards of the future. I think we're letting down Not only our employees, not only our customers, not only our suppliers, we're actually letting down our kids.
0: Yeah, yeah, well said. And you're right, boards of directors and executives and leaders and organizations, they're all stewards. We're all stewards uh, within our own spheres, within our own arenas. And it's important for us to to consider all those different facets and, and areas of stewardship, uh, and, and they're all important. But I'm, I'm glad that you, you and your team are, are spending time and focusing on this and trying to elevate the dialogue around ESGs so that it can be more on the forefront for, for boards of directors and for senior leaders, because like you said, it never has been more important for the environmental, social and governance uh, components uh, and considerations uh, to really be given the full force of, of the power in organizations. There is so much opportunity for good uh, if we just direct or redirect uh, uh, some of our energies towards, uh, towards those areas. And, and we can still be very profitable businesses. We can still be very successful in a traditional sense. Uh, but also kind of more from a, a stakeholder capitalism perspective, also recognizing you know, triple bottom line components and making sure that we're doing good for everybody. We're, we're doing good for everybody, not just driving profits or value for shareholders, but, but really making sure that everyone, all constituencies are being benefited through what we're doing in our organization.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I think if we go some years back, Yes, you need to to choose, right, I mean, kind of like, okay, we're doing this, and we're good corporate citizens. However, it does cost us a little bit of money, and we're hoping on the reputational impact and all of that. Now, you have those that are going to finance you, your bank, or, and if they're not already doing so, they will, ask you questions about your environment, social governance issues. Not from a good, heart perspective, but from a simple risk perspective. Will they get their money back? You know, your employees, if they're not already, they will be asking you about what's the purpose? Are we here to do something that's going to harm future generations? Generations, are we here to do something that's part of the solution? Talent, if they have not already, if you are able and if you're a successful company, you will hopefully be hiring people. And if they have not asked you a question about what's your purpose, how does your values align with their values? Um they will. So, you know, customers, you know, I can all of these different stakeholders, and you said stakeholder capitalism, I mean, again, this is not for, a, oh, see how good we are. This is simply, if you're not doing this, you're not going to be sustainable in a financial way of thinking. Right? So, yeah. so that's the positive thing now, it's if we can find anything positive in this world. It's like all of these things are aligning. Yes, John, you can find examples where you, you can tell me, well, but right now, you know, oil and gas prices are going up and all of this. But at the end of the day, I think we are going to see so much scrutiny of the companies. We we, we want to see leaders that care. We want to see leaders that care about the employees, the talent, their customers, the suppliers. You know, all of these different stakeholders and you can't fake that right
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so so it's kind of it's it's a mindset and that's what I'm hoping to do with the book and of course all of our you know the ESG and and climate compass and boards certificate and designation programs kind of like have that both get the insight get the foresight have that mindset have a network of other global leaders that you can bounce ideas on and say, what are you seeing? I, don't know, I just came from, from one of our alumni and, and faculty calls. And we're having these global dialogues on the things that's right now, top of mind. And that value that that gives to kind of like saying, oh, what are you hearing? What are you doing? What about your employees, et cetera? And, and have that mindset, I think that's, not only invaluable now, but simply, you yeah. know, uh, matter of fact for for doing business in in the twenty first century.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to your point, the business case for this is very, very clear. Um, if if for no other reason than just the pure bottom line dollars and cents of the organization, everyone should be focusing on ESGs. Uh, it, it's, it's just a matter of fact and. Uh, it's the expectation more and more of investors it's the expectations of governments and regulators. it's the expectations of employees. People want to work for uh, for organizations that are, are doing good with with the power and the influence and the money that they have that they put back into the economy. And so it, it just has to be it has to be a focus of organizations, uh, and the organizations of tomorrow, if they're going to stay relevant, uh, even if you don't actually care at all about climate issues or you don't actually care about social impact issues, you do care about profits. you, you need to be focusing on this. Um, and so I think all of that's wonderful and and you're doing great work there uh, so i'm I'm curious what some of the biggest challenges have been as you're working with executives and with those around the board table uh, as you're trying to help them understand the necessity and the and the practicality of, of focusing on ESGs. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy
1: Going back to that mindset and going back to what you said, kind of like before, well, you know, we can do all of this, but how much money will this cost? Instead of saying, okay, if we don't do this, how much money will it cost us? So, so there's a bit, uh, and I see this change all the time, where suddenly you have more, instead of thinking silos, you think, how do all of these things interrelate? Instead of thinking short-term or long-term, you think, how do I make the right short-term decisions to get to the right long-term outcome? And that's perhaps where we you know, we talk ESG. And sometimes when you talk ESG, you could say, well, that's, that's financial and it's a little bit of tick-boxing where you want to also think about the impact of those different Uh, actions that you make and and we can discuss a lot about all of these but I see I see you have a little bit of that oh they're activists that's coming and and saying something about a company and why and I'm like okay you know put yourself in the shoes of an activist put the shoes put yourself in the shoes of your talent put the, yourself in the shoes of your customers. What are the questions you would ask this company? So you should not be hopefully surprised when, when you have those questions coming at you. I, I hear st- still, I mean, you said that I worked with this for 30 years, so, so I know, but I still hear this like, well, well, you know, investors want this and and it's so hard. And then we have those other investors and then we have those short-term and then we'd like, I'm like, well, you're getting the investors you deserve. If you are the one who say, this is our purpose of our company. This is what we stand for. This is our business model. This is how we're making money. This is our values. This is all of these different things. And you put that in front of your you can say key stakeholder. If we say, say say shareholders. You put it in front of your key stakeholder. If you think employees, etc. And you get the shareholders you deserve. You get the employees you deserve. You know because you need to be able to communicate, and and that's some of the things that that I see is changing. Where it's been like when I grew up, right? I mean, we did not we didn't have all of these. Uh, Oh, going out on social media and talking about a company. That was not it. But now we need, we need as leaders to listen. We need to use our ears, put ears to the ground, listen to what it is that both the young people are saying, our customers and all of the other stakeholders and figuring out how do we communicate best. But... know what it is that the values of the companies know the purpose of the company know your stakeholders communicate to them what you believe is most important if they disagree they might be out of there if they agree you're having you know people that are that that trust and that loyalty
0: i think those are all really good points and and i can't help but think a little bit about just the shifting Kind of sentiments and attitudes amongst uh, cohorts of the labor force. Um, so, you know, it, you can't paint with too broad a brush. Obviously, everyone is different. Everyone has their unique perspectives and salient motivators. And so, all of that, laying that out as a caveat up front, there also are some kind of common generational differences. And we know for example, that younger millennial and Gen Z workers, they really not only want, but really demand a focus on social impact, ESGs, corporate social responsibility, ethical organizations. Like they, they really demand it. And if, if they don't see it, they're not working there. So you, you mentioned the, the great reshuffling, the great resignation, the great awakening, however we want to term it. That's one of the drivers uh, for, for this population as a whole is they're, they're waking up and saying, wait a minute, the organization I've been working with that I'm devoting the vast majority of my time, energy, passions, talent towards isn't actually making the world a better place. I'm out of there. Now there are other factors too. I don't mean to oversimplify, but that's one of the driving factors. Um, and so then the question becomes, how how do we get those perspectives of younger workers in the labor force into these executive positions into the boardrooms that are largely made up of people, you know, from, uh, from Gen X and even baby boomers still Um, not to say that they can't also share these values, but again, kind of collectively in the aggregate as we're talking about meta trends, that seems to be the case. So how do we start to infuse boards um, with, these kind of fresh, younger understandings of the world and attitudes?
1: Some fresh perspectives. How we do it, of course, depends from company to company. Should they do it? Yes. How they can do it, I, everything from, you know, in every single organization, if you have, you know, hired younger people, you have someone there, that often are more than willing to actually give you their opinion. And you can go out, have lunch, have a discussion, bring a round table, you know, have that, you know, instead of you think you're mentoring them, ask them to mentor you. And you can go out and have a small group of of young individuals that use use almost like an advisory board right we we we're talking in terms of having these kind of like younger and and say okay what do you think about this there's one thing you should not do and that's say well you know what they don't really have the experience you need to have much more experience yes you can say that and yes you need to also have those with all of that experience. But I, I think one of the things that I'm, I really feel that we are um, leaving not only money on the table, but innovation on the table and, and frankly, livelihoods uh, on, on the table is that if we don't listen, it's not saying everything that, that whoever says is what we're going to do. But you have that opportunity to have a touch point, you have that opportunity to have that dialogue, understand what, what are they thinking, and, you know, communicate what it is from the other end, and then actually give that task of saying, "How can we, how can we do this better?" There's nothing better than empowerment. But often we think, we i'm 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 pointing on myself, you know us older um still young, um that you know and we've tried it all, we know best, and I'm not going to say I'm good at this because I think we're all struggling in terms of really listening and really empowering and then having that conversation. But especially, John, I think now where we have been through the whole COVID, and especially now where we have a mental health pandemic, especially now where it even perhaps worse with the latest climate report, and then after that, the war in Ukraine, none of us are able to solve anything of this alone. All of us need to have a pre- fresh perspective in the boardroom. All of us need to rethink our supply chain. All of us need to rethink how are we going to keep working from home? Are we going to do this in in different ways? All of us need to rethink our relationship with our customers. And especially, I mean, we like it or not, but the youth are the future. Um, So, you know, if if you want to be a a sustainable company for, for the long run, well, you know, listen to the future
0: so well said Hella. it has just been a pleasure i know at the time i'm gonna have to let you go here in just a minute uh it is flown by um so much that you just said there that is so wonderful and i would love to unpack it all we just don't have the time you're welcome back anytime we can continue the conversation i will just note before we start to wrap up um that again there are lots of ways that you can tap into the wisdom the insights and the perspectives of younger individuals in the labor force. Uh, Simply have conversations with them, right? If you're mentoring and coaching them already, have conversations and seek their input. Uh, You can do more formal things like creating shadow boards. Uh, There's all sorts of things you can do uh, to to gain those perspectives. And that doesn't discount the value that the experience, you know, of of those um, who are more experienced on your boards that they bring. That's important too, of course. Uh, but let's not forget uh, that we have these great resources there, right there before us, if we can tap into it. As we wrap up today, I just wanted to give you a moment to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Oh, well, thanks so much. Yes, it's flown by. And and I'm I'm glad to hear that you read. Stewards of the Future, a guide for competent boards and and the shadow boards uh, that I did not mention. So thanks for that. And clearly you can connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, so H-E-L-L-E, and then Bank, B-A-N-K, and then Jorgensen, J-O-R-G-E-N, S-E-N, Danish name, Um, and uh, competent boards. Easier, competent boards.com. And clearly, the book uh, not only in Amazon, but in Barnes and Noble and Indigo and, and, and other uh, bookstores. Um, so, my final comment I guess uh, one of the things that I, we, we did talk about and, and I put in the book is also uh, wisdom from indigenous, uh, this seven generation principle. Of thinking about every, every small thing we do, every action we take, especially perhaps also the bigger one. Think about what impact will that have seven generations from now. So the seven generations principles, and that is, in essence, being a steward of the future.
0: I love it. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Helen and her team can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership.